figure out exactly what the first thing that you need is and what that one question is that doesn't require a follow-up question in order for the person to help you. Welcome everybody to the Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. And we're back. With another episode of He Said, She Said. Today, it's going to be all about... Asking for help. Asking for what you need. Why is it so hard to ask for help? I don't know. I This has been a weakness of mine for ages. Like I look at the years, like the decades where I didn't ask for help, even though clearly I needed it. And as I say that out loud, I'm realizing one of the reasons why. Not to get like right into it, but I just realized why. Let's get into it. It's because I felt like I didn't want to bug other people. It wasn't that I had any shame around needing help. Zero shame around like, oh, I need help or oh, I could you know, ask advice here. Is that I always felt like I was bugging people. I didn't mm. want to bug them or, or put them out or burden them. No, that's exactly me. And I think sometimes, you know, there, there's a difference. There's a difference between knowing how to ask for help mm-hmm. and making it not feel burdensome. But no matter how much you know the art of asking, which we'll share a little bit about, um, you still feel worried that maybe someone is going to like see it and be like, oh, that feels like so much work. Or if I help them with this one thing, are they going to keep on coming back yep. for more? Yep. And I think that that is the part in the art of asking for help of what we need to know is how to ask for help and let the people know that, hey, it's going to be like, I'm not going to do this often. You know, this is kind of like a one-time ask thing, but you're not going to say all those things. And there's actually an energy that you ask with and a clarity of what you're asking for that's going to give people the idea that you're not going to be a leech. I think if we're being honest, that's kind of what it is, right? You start to, maybe when you grew up, especially, I don't know if this was like an 80s thing, but it was like, oh, he's such a leech or, oh, they always ask for help or, oh my gosh, like they won't, you know, they they won't leave us alone or whatever but that you know looks what's like. funny? I can't name one person who I've ever thought was asked for help too much. I can't name one person who I ever thought was like, oh, they're such a leech. They're always coming to buy asking for something. Can you? Am I just not thinking of someone? Yeah. I mean, I can think of people who you've said that about. Really? But... Well, here's <laughs> yes. the good news then. If you, if you guys are afraid that you're going to ask people for help too much, if they have a brain like mine, they're going to forget that you asked a lot exactly. and they're not even going to be able to name you because I Look literally can't name it. Look at that. That's Caught funny. live on here. They just totally forget. Um, so the reasons right now that I am feeling... is funny. I just put out a post yesterday um, and we were talking about different topics that we should talk about today. And I was like, oh man, asking for help is like such a challenging one for people. And it's challenging for me right now, even though, Chris, I'm literally asking for help sometimes 20 times a day. And... Uh, you know, people on my post were... Because I actually ran out of characters on my post. So I didn't mm-hmm. get to say what I was asking for help about. Um, but it's it was when I was even raising money, I obviously had to ask hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people, 
if they wanted to invest in light pink. And then the follow-up was insane. But I already knew that, right? Because we were in network marketing in the past. And the follow-up from me was always like 7 to 8 to 10 times of following up. So I'd kind of known, wow, this follow-up and ask is going to be crazy. Let me tell you about when you are raising money. Because you're asking for large sums of money... Even if they say yes and they're excited in the beginning, it's kind of like this this no man's land of what it takes to get the money into your bank account because that part's not easy for them. Mm-hmm. It's like asking them to go to the bank to do a, do a wire. wire. A lot of their banks won't allow them to do it online. So they actually physically have to go into the bank to go and wire money. Now, why is this so challenging for them and for you? Number one, it's challenging for us when we invest in companies is because it takes time to go to the bank out of your busy day and go and transfer money. It's not something you like just have... You have to plan it into your schedule. And sometimes it can be a couple hours. Um, And then the next thing is that, you know, like asking them now makes me feel like more of a burden, right? I have to keep on asking them to go, keep on asking them to go and follow up. And that's where it started to feel like I feel bad. So there's oh multiple my gosh. asks. There's in multiple the, in asks ask, within one This is ask. where it kind of falls apart and why we feel like we're a burden is because yes. there's the initial ask, but then there's multiple asks within the initial big overlying ask yes. in order to actually get the help you need. Yes. And that's exactly where it falls apart for people. And that's why people have trouble fundraising. And that's why people have trouble asking for anything. Because anything that we ask for is not typically just one ask. It's a bit of a follow-up or the what now. Um, And it will determine on how you ask and how you know how to ask. It will determine on if you'll be able to follow through with that thing or not. I'm just not realizing how correct you are. So let's say you ask for something way more simple than than, most people aren't raising funds right now. Right. Exactly. Someone needs a book publisher. And they ask and so says, oh, I have one, I'll introduce you. And then they don't get introduced because we're all busy. Then this is where the tough part comes. It wasn't the initial ask. It's all the follow-up asks. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lori, remember when you said you'd introduce me to the book publisher? Any chance I can get that email? Uh, hey, Lori, I don't want to be a pest. I just want to circle back around and see if you still wanted to make that intro. If not, that's totally cool. I totally see all the mini asks within the big ask. You know, in, in going off of the book publisher thing, this is interesting because I get asked for that a lot. And I'll, a lot of the people who have asked me for, uh, you know, it's usually a literary agent or they'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, what do I... The ask will usually look like this. What do I need to do? I want to publish a book. Well, there's many asks that you're going to need within I want to publish a book, right? What most people don't know is you need a literary agent. You don't have to have one, but it's going to make... It's, it's like having a real estate agent for your house. It's going to mm-hmm. make that process... So much better. There's going to be so many things that come up that your literary agent is going to help you with. So the first thing is like, well, you need a literary agent. Then the next thing is, yeah, that's cool that you have a literary agent, but they're not going to help you write the proposal. So then it's kind of like wanting to go back to that person that wrote the book and say, hey, how do I write a proposal? And that's where most people stop. I literally will see most people not come back again or ever write a book because they didn't ask again or they didn't go and ask somebody for help on how to write a proposal for their book. So you've given plenty of examples of, of like why it's tough to ask and, and then all the mini asks that are within the main ask and, yeah. and that's where it falls apart. But let's actually talk about some best practices then so the listeners can get better at asking for help. And I see really two pieces to asking for help. And as number one, have you developed your asking muscle, right? Like, are you good at it or not? Mm-hmm. Do you even have the, the cojones to do it or not? So number one, have you developed your asking muscle? Number two, do you have people to ask? And, and this is, it's funny because I didn't know you posted about this yesterday, but last night on our couples mastermind, 
we did an exercise where we went around the circle and we're like, hey, in the next 30 days, here's my one big ask of the mastermind. Here's how the mastermind can support me best. And people were asking for an introduction to a, a literary agent. People were asking for an introduction to um, people in a certain area where they're moving. Mm-hmm. People were asking for like all these different things that they wouldn't have asked if we didn't do the exercise. Mm-hmm. So that second piece, do you have a structured group of individuals to make your ask of so that it happens, I think is equally important. You know what I loved about the call last night too, is that if the ask wasn't clear at first, we all asked clarifying questions to get to the exact ask needed in that exact moment for the next step. Most of the asks, because these people are so used to asking, or, you know, it, maybe not... It's funny because high-level people sometimes are so used to asking in certain areas of their life, like business. But maybe if it's personal, I noticed that some people who were asking for more personal things, maybe they were out of practice because the ask wasn't like very specific and we had to get more specific. Um, but a lot of the asks that were in business were very specific, right? Like, hey, my next step is a literary agent. You know, Where is that? Or who has that? I'm trying to think of a, another one of the asks, but get specific on your asks. So the first step is to figure out exactly what the first thing that you need is and what that one question is that doesn't require a follow-up question in order for the person to help you. So be clear on your end goal. Be yeah. very crystal clear on what you're hoping the ask turns into. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a backup question if you don't actually know what that is. But when you're asking, and I'll, I'll give it to you in a second, but when you're asking people who maybe you don't know very well, or maybe you get that one shot at a dinner with a mentor or at a at a networking event or whatever it is, get your elevator pitch of what you are doing. Like the brevity is everything. Brevity is going to be how people um, view you. It's going to be you know, being concise, not wasting their time. Like That is going to be one of the most important things that you do. Get what you do down, even if that's just like, here's my idea. I want to start this women's event and I want it to be you know, in this month and I want it to have these things and provide these results. If you don't know the question on how to get started, you can say, if you were me right now and you weren't started at all, what would be the very first thing that you would do or the advice that you would give me in order to take my first step? I love that. That's very... You know, last night, I'm thinking of examples where already people were like, hey, I'm writing this book, but I really don't know what I need next. And then we just start pouring out the information on, okay, here's the... You need this and you need that and you need that. And we were Mm -hmm. actually really excited to help And we wouldn't be excited to help if they didn't make the ask. The other thing that I want to say about why we were excited to help and why we are excited to help some people. Unfortunately, this group is very small that we're like very excited and we'll open up every floodgate to. But here's why. And you can be a part of that group of people for other people where people are excited to help you is proven execution. So creating a track record of when you ask the question, go and execute as fast as you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can totally F it up, uh, but go and execute. And that's what gets people excited is seeing someone who takes what they gave them and run with it. This is where the term ask hole comes in. You guys have probably seen the meme. It floats all over Instagram mm-hmm. um, where people are like, don't be an ask hole. Someone who asks for advice and then doesn't take any action mm-hmm. afterwards because nobody wants to help that person. And, and yeah. we, we catch on, right? Like, 
quickly. If somebody asks us for help and then we see them take action and move the needle, we are like, oh, vested in this person. They're going to help the world. Let's go like help them out some more. When we see somebody ask a question and then take no action on the advice we give, that's an asshole. And we're like, yeah, not going to help that person again. Oh my gosh. There's nothing worse than DMs too that are copy and pasted with like 10,000 questions. And you can tell they're copy and pasted and then you give them some advice and they don't either respond back or they're like, essentially write a message back that that's not what they're looking for. They don't know how to do it. Um, Or they just then go into the next series of explaining why they can't do that or 20 more questions. Like... Oh my gosh, you'll that is where if you are wondering why you're getting ghosted and you have done this, you will never get a response if you ask like that. Yep, that's so true. You know what's funny is a lot of times I'll defer people in my DMs to email my team because they're the ones that have to take care of um, sorting through all the different requests and, mm-hmm. and then they'll get them to me. And so I'll I'll send someone, I'll be like, oh yeah, email blank at blank blank blank. And they never send the email and I never hear from that person again. Right there, I knew that that person was not an action taker. Maybe they're excited about an idea. Maybe mm-hmm. they wanted some advice in a moment, but they're not an action taker. If one simple thing like, great, send an email to my team and they're going to you know, send you this and this. If, if it stops there, then you're definitely not going to go anywhere with, your, with, with the rest of what you're asking help for help on. Brevity. Brevity. Like I... Every it's funny. I've been in you know in rooms or at masterminds when we're on breaks and we've all had to check our phones or whatever. And, and I've literally seen people be like, you know, same response that Chris and I have had when we open up DMs or emails where it's like, oh, whoa, like you don't even. It's just like a tidal wave of words, and it's an energy that just feels so needy and almost scary and overwhelming to people who are already really busy. So what that says when we see just paragraphs or pages of emails or in the DMs, this is really huge, you guys. This is important because immediately we will like shut that down and not open up that relationship because those are the relationships that feel like, oh, this person is going to be an asshole. They're never going to stop. And so that's the difference is it carries an actual energy and it's very obvious if it looks more than a small paragraph. Mm -hmm. And I know some of you are like, but how do I explain my backstory? We don't need it. Yep. We don't need a backstory to want to help you. If you're we like, just need the punch we just need an action, someone who looks like they are concise and an action taker. Um, yeah. in the punchline of what are you doing and why, what do you, need? you know, not even why, not even, you don't even have to say yeah. why, what are you doing and what would be super helpful? And with that one question. And then from there, if you're like, wow, thank you so much. You know, this is what, what I did with that question. Here's what happened very briefly. Um, my next question is, if you don't mind, what would this look like? Or do you know someone or where would you refer me? And, you know, those are questions that most people will answer. Here's a question that I think is really important that we should touch on, Chris, is when do you ask somebody for a connection. This is interesting because sometimes we'll have people who maybe have not um, achieved what they, you know, some of their goals or gone to like the next level. Maybe they're very new and they'll ask for a connection to someone that they have seen us with who is like crazy high level. Maybe they're 10, 20, 30 years into their journey. They've had like a ton of success. And some people will ask us for connections too soon. It's a great question. I don't have an answer to that question. I just know 99 out of 100 times, I will not make that connection. Like mm-hmm. I protect my circle of influence with the, the strongest of boundaries you could ever imagine because we've worked so hard 
to build that circle of influence. Number one and number two, we know what it's like to be connected out of the blue and we don't like it. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, while we're on the subject of, of connecting and asking for help, the worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can ever do is connect somebody, make an introduction in DMs or email without first asking permission to Always make ask. that introduction. Mm -hmm. Nothing like rubs me the wrong way worse than, than someone just blindly making an intro. Hey, this is Chris. Here's his email. I uh, thought you guys would you know, get along great and wanted to connect you for this reason. Always ask first. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And, and I can tell you why we protect those um, is because those people's time it, is so incredibly um, important to them and valuable and they don't have a lot of it. And, you know, I, I think that you have to realize that I'm not, people are not going to connect people unless I can give um, a pitch of why the value you're bringing is going to be equal to the value that they will be exchanging to you. And a lot of the people who now are at levels, you know, where they are, you know, they've, they've done the thing. Like so many people want access to them. You can't imagine the amount of people who want access to people who are successful because even if they did a shout out or an email or whatever that looks like, it could help propel this person's career. But the thing is, the more that high level people do that, the more watered down their brand or their um, you know, email or their, their Instagram or whatever that looks like gets. And that's where the value is, is that they will only share people or things that will add massive value um, to other people. So it's really thinking about how can you get your value up in order to one day potentially be connected to that person? Meaning, can you exchange a large audience for this person? What does that look like? Play the long game, right? It, you, you don't get to just waltz in and get a giant shout out from somebody. Play the long game, create that relationship, go to their events, maybe um, you know, buy their books. Like, get You have to build those relationships. Someone's not just going to magically come along, plug you right in, and, and you're going to get some magic windfall. Yeah, there are many people Chris and I still don't we want to connect with and we still don't necessarily have what we feel is an equal value exchange for them. So we're waiting That's on those. That's the key term right there. Yeah, yeah, we're waiting. We're not sitting here like, "Uh, why aren't why aren't they paying attention to us? Oh my god, I can't believe they're not answering our questions." We're very aware that we don't have that value exchange yet for them. So this is the second part of how to ask for what you need. The first part, I, I think we deconstructed quite a bit mm -hmm. of the different ways to make the, the appropriate ask. Now, who to ask is the second part, if you remember back to how I kind of opened this thing up. And what Lori's referring to is, you guys are swinging for the stars. How do I ask Jay Shetty for this? How do I ask you know, uh, Rachel Hollis for that or whoever it might be? But the whole point is, start with your own group of individuals. There's power within your own group of individuals. Mm -hmm. There is, you should be forming a group. If you can't afford to get into a mastermind, then you should be forming your own mastermind with a group of individuals that you meet with once a month and you go around the horn and you ask for what you need. If you did nothing more than that, mm -hmm. if you just met once a month and said, last month, my goal was this and I did or did not hit it because of this. And this month, my big ask is blank. That would have so much value. So can you invest in ones that are already done for you and, and ran really well? Yes. If you can't afford to do that, form your own. You need a regular circle of influence to be able to make your asks within on a regular basis. Lori, you used to do this um, with Danette and Lindsay for ages. You guys would meet every mm -hmm. two weeks. You're, you wrote your whole damn book around it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, for years, I watched you guys meet every two weeks early in the morning and go around the circle and ask for what you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy because I did write a book on it and I even wrote a book on how to ask for these people. So a lot of you are going to be like, where do I find those people? Guys, you find them on the internet. Like you find them on Instagram. You go to pages that you like and you search people in the comments and you look for someone that resonates with you. And you know what I mean mm-hmm. when I say that, like a picture where you're like, oh, they look like they're into the same thing as me or oh, they're doing the same business as me. Um, or they're kind of, you know, into mindset or they want to do events or wow, she, you know, she's in the same area as me. And you're going to be like, yeah, but how do I ask? You literally go in their DMs and say, a very specific ask. If you want someone to meet with once a month, you say, hey, I know this might seem crazy, but I am looking for you know an accountability group. I'm putting together three to four women who are all... You know, all want to hold each other accountable and meet once a month for one hour. We will never go over this time. It will never, you know, uh, go into another appointment that you have. We're going to make sure that we all have boundaries and that this is respectful and it adds value for everyone. Uh, you know, we would split this 20 minutes for each person. We'd go around and uh, say where we're at and then ask a question for, you know, what you need. One question Does this sound like something that you would want to do? Guess how many times you're going to have to DM that? Maybe 50 or more. And, you know, I had to do this 50 plus times in order to get different groups or different things that I wanted. And then guess what? It falls apart. So I've had so many people who are like, yeah, I, I tried that, but nobody showed up. Totally. That happened as well. Your job as someone who wants to succeed is to keep on trying and putting that group together. And quite honestly, this is the, this is the honesty that you need to hear about entrepreneurship. If you can't work hard and know that this is going to fall apart over and over until one time it sticks... Um, if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to put your business together because that's how business works as well. So... Yes, it's tough love. Like you got to keep asking. It just the the way that it works is you do it until it works. Yep. And there's no other. It's going to fall apart more times than you can possibly imagine. I thought Light Pink was going to be launched last year, Chris. Last year, and it's a year later of continuing to put things together. And I just want to say that was a that was an expectation I literally pulled out of my ass. I didn't go and ask people how long it actually takes to build businesses, and I'm actually quite glad that there was some there was some blind bliss in there of what that looks like. I'm reading the messy middle right now, and he's like, majority of entrepreneurs are just so blind in the beginning and it's the only thing that gets them started because if I would have asked, I would have found out that some people it takes two to three years, sometimes more to even get your product out to the public. I love it. Well, guys, listen. We've told, we taught you how to ask. And then we've taught you to build that circle that you can make a regular ask within. And if you master those two things, I promise your journey is going to get better. A collaboration is the shortcut. Your, your frustrations are going to become less. It's literally a muscle that you need to fine tune and build like everything else in life. But it's a muscle that is worth building and fine tuning. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, As always, we love to see your takeaways and give us a shout out. Let us know if you're going to use this. And I wrapped up one of my very intimate one-on-one coaching clients after two years moving the needle. I love what we've created together, um, which means I now have an opening for one very special entrepreneur out there that wants that one-on-one attention. Someone who's already passed that quarter million dollars a year mark or more and has those seven-figure dreams, but needs the seven-figure plan and someone to help them along. So 
If you want to apply for that, you can apply at chrisharder.me forward slash coaching. Again, if you want one-on-one coaching for the one spot that I have available, it's chrisharder.me forward slash coaching. Fill out the application and we'll get in touch to see if it's a good fit. All right, you guys, we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.